and I did not know any of the women. I did not molest anyone. So, vote for me for the U.S. Senate. No molesting. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. Oh, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest in China Lake, California, up in Oregon on 91.7 KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 Queso in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 92.9 WLRI. In Maui, Hawaii on 88.5 KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1. Palinville, New York's 102.9 WLPP. Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR. New Orleans, WHIV 102.3. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950. KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Detour Talk, Radio Sputnik, and many other fine affiliates, both terrestrial and on the internets. Five days a week, blanketing planet Earth. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker. All around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com trying to uh, make sense of and keep up with it all today. Voters are heading to the polls in Alabama on Tuesday to vote in the widely watched U.S. Senate special election to fill the seat vacated by Donald Trump's attorney general, Jeff Sessions, the former senator, former senior senator from Alabama. As you know, it is a highly controversial race in all sorts of ways. We'll have a number of items regarding that race and some developments today uh, and over the weekend shortly, including some good news, I think. Wait, what? Some good good news news for voters in Alabama. Just a little bit. We'll get to that uh, soon regarding uh, one aspect of this election that we've been covering closely. Uh, First, a few other news items breaking today. We'll start here with the good news as well, at least for those who believe in rights and freedoms and the U.S. Constitution and so forth. The Pentagon will be allowing transgender people to enlist in the military beginning January 1. That despite President Trump's opposition, the uh, new policy reflects growing legal pressure on the issue and the difficult hurdles that the federal government would have to cross to enforce Trump's demand to ban, for some reason, transgender individuals from the military. Two federal courts have already ruled against the ban. Uh, but today, Major David Eastburn, a Pentagon spokesman, says the enlistment of transgender recruits will start January 1 and will go on amid the continuing legal battles. He told the AP on Monday that the new guidelines mean that the Pentagon can disqualify potential recruits with gender dysphoria, a history of medical treatments associated with gender transition, uh, but such recruits are allowed in 
into the military if a medical provider certifies that they have been clinically stable, whatever that means, in the preferred sex for 18 months uh, before being allowed to enlist. The requirements make it uh, challenging for a transgender recruit to pass, but they mirror concerns from President Obama's administration. Uh, when the Pentagon initially lifted his ban on transgender service last year, the Pentagon has similar restrictions for recruits with a variety of medical or mental conditions like bipolar disorder. Um, so there is, we'll call it, some good news for now, and that may be the end of the good news, at least for this segment today. Um, <laughs> but uh, so the courts are, are, are holding up. The Pentagon is doing the right thing here, mostly, even though there is still uh, fighting against this, uh, this uh, well, fighting, I guess, in favor of Donald Trump's attempted ban on the right for transgender people to serve in our nation's military. But curtailed by the judicial branch. So there's that. And uh, as I said, that's it for the good news today. A uh, quick update on the California wildfires out here in Southern California. Desi Doyen, the uh, so-called Thomas Fire up in Ventura County, has, as at last I saw here, spread to some 360 square miles. Yes, nearly, eight ne nearly 800 structures. Probably by the time you hear this, it will be past 800 structures destroyed. It's now spreading into Santa Barbara County. Uh, humidity is predicted to drop out here to just 3% in the next several days. So very dry uh, weather right now, and uh, this is, authorities say, the fifth largest fire in California history, the one up near Ventura County. The other fires in the area here in Southern California, uh, down to San Diego, uh, up here in L.A., those are said to be some 75% contained or so, but only 15% containment in that huge fire up in Ventura County. Spreading northward up the coast towards Santa Barbara. Uh, in New York today, a man inspired, said to have been inspired by the Islamic State group, set off a crude pipe bomb strapped to his body uh, in a crowded subway corridor near Times Square, injuring the man, and pretty much that's just about it. He uh, slightly wounded three others, but sent New York commuters fleeing through the smoky underground passage after the bomb went off. It is an attempted terror attack, according to Mayor Bill de Blasio. Uh, he said, thank God the perpetrator did not achieve his ultimate goal. And I'll tell you, I was in the car this morning listening to AM radio, and uh, I had read Fox News, their website before I left, and it was nothing but terror in Times Square. <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, and this incident, this was a... Apparently a 27-year-old uh, man uh, who was uh, had strapped this bomb to himself. He's being treated at a hospital for burns to his hands and abdomen. Um, he was uh, said to have been inspired by the Islamic State group, but apparently had no direct contact with the group and appears to have acted alone, according to Governor Andrew Cuomo who said we have no evidence that there was any secondary devices or that it was part of a larger plan. Ula, the, this guy who lives in Brooklyn, reportedly came to the U.S. from Bangladesh about seven years ago, had been licensed to drive a, a, a cab in New York City, 
The Bangladesh embassy in Washington condemned the attack, naturally. The explosion, which happened in the underground passageway under 42nd Street between 7th and 8th Avenues in New York City, triggered a massive response, of course, from police and firefighters. It's the busiest subway station. It's a major transit hub uh, in New York City. Authorities said the bomb was a low-tech explosive device attached to the man with Velcro and plastic ties. White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders tweeted that President Trump had been briefed on the explosion, but instead of commenting on it, he uh, he sent a, a tweet shortly thereafter uh, criticizing a Sunday story in The New York Times that said he watched cable television for at least four hours a day. That was on the top of his mind as opposed to uh, these uh, terror attacks that he pretends to care so much about. Governor Cuomo, I think, had the right response. He said, let's go back to work. We're not allowing, not going to allow them to disrupt us. But again, on Fox and AM radio, it was all terror in Times Square. Uh, And um, nonetheless, they had no uh, coverage, no similar coverage of terror in Topeka about a failed scheme by white guys against Muslims, though it was actually terror in Wichita, but that's not as alliterative. Yes, three men accused of plotting to bomb a religious mosque, three white men uh, who were accused of plotting to bomb a religious mosque and apartment complex uh, housing Somali refugees in Wichita, Kansas, asked a federal judge on Friday to include prospective jurors from rural western Kansas because apparently they are twice as likely to have voted for President Donald Trump. So they would like them to sit on their trial. So they specifically asked for people who would be likely Trump voters to sit in their defense. Uh, yeah, apparently, their yeah. The defense motion argues that the plan, uh, that, that, that plans to only summon citizens in the more Uh, Urban counties closest to the federal courthouse in Wichita, where this trial will be held beginning in March. Uh, They call that a discriminatory practice that excludes rural and conservative jurors. Uh, The three men, Gavin Wright, Patrick Stein, Curtis Allen, all three white guys from Kansas are charged with conspiracy to use a weapon of mass destruction and conspiracy against civil rights for allegedly planning to detonate truck bombs bombs according to ap plural truck bombs, bombs. in the uh, meatpacking town of garden city this was the uh, they were planning to do it the day after the november 2016 election they were indicted in october 2016 they have pled not guilty in the defense argument they write Quote, this case is uniquely political because much of the anticipated evidence will center around and was in reaction to the 2016 presidential election. They also argued that the case will require jurors to weigh whether the alleged conduct constitutes a crime or whether it is constitutionally protected speech and oh assembly. Yeah. Wow. And the right to bear arms, I guess, because the attack never occurred. They were only talking about this attack and planning this attack. They're arguing that this is constitutionally uh, protected speech and assembly. 
Well, I can think of a couple of FBI people who've been arrested recently for plotting who would probably like to use that argument. Uh, yeah, well, not FBI people, but people... I mean, uh, yes, people uh, arrested by, by, the by the FBI. FBI. Yes, yeah, Pr- Prosecutors have argued that these men had formed a splinter group of the militia Kansas Security Force that came to be known as the Crusaders. One of them is quoted in a wiretap transcript saying that he hoped the attack would, quote, wake people up unquote, and inspire others to similar actions against Muslims. The uh, One of their attorneys uh, told the court in an earlier hearing that his client believed that uh, Barack Obama, then president, would declare martial law and not recognize the validity of the election if Trump won, forcing the militia to step in. So, uh, you know, had this been an attack or a planned attack by three Muslims in New York City or, frankly, anywhere else, we would have heard all about this trial. But, I mean, good luck hearing anything about this. And this was going to be a very, very deadly attack on a big uh, Somali a community of Somali refugees in Kansas. So just thought I'd mention that since AM radio and uh, Fox News is all terror in Times Square today. And one more before we get to our break here. The 21-year-old man who shot and killed two students at Aztec High School in Aztec, New Mexico late last week had previously been investigated by the FBI for online comments about planning a mass shooting. San Juan County Sheriff Ken Christensen said that uh, identified the gunman as a 21 year old by the name of William Atchison. Now, we covered this uh, this shooting on Thursday. It got very little coverage with everything else that was going on. And because, frankly, it's another shooting at a school. Who cares? Apparently. Of course, I suspect if. The guy had had a Muslim name uh, or was uh, darker than he was. There might have been a lot more interest in this particular case. But such as it was, it came, it went. A few people died. Who cares? Apparently. So uh, this guy, William Atchison, the shooter, is an American-born white guy. Uh, The uh, sheriff said at a news conference that the shooting was a planned event, that Atchison purchased a 9mm Glock just last month, which he used for the shooting. He was a former student at the high school. Apparently he disguised himself as a, uh, or he acted as if he was a high school student and walked in with everyone else and then killed uh, two 17-year-olds, Casey Jordan Marquez, Francisco Fernandez, um, and had planned to kill a whole lot more others before he ended up killing himself. Apparently the plot uh, fell apart. He had... uh, snuck in the 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 gun and uh, a backpack uh, full of of high capacity magazines uh, and this was he was the, he was able to buy all of this stuff after he had apparently gone online in uh, let's see this was in 2016 uh, he had gone online to a website and said something along the lines of if you're going to commit a mass shooting does anyone know about cheap assault rifles the FBI ended up interviewing him uh, and found that uh, they interviewed Atchison and his family, but they closed the case because he didn't appear to have a gun and he had not committed a crime. But despite those comments, he was later allowed without any questioning or problems or interference, apparently, or being flagged in a background check or something. He was later allowed to buy that Glock, a whole bunch of ammo, a whole bunch of high-capacity magazines, 
that he then snuck into the high school and uh, went up to a second floor bathroom, was preparing to confront students with these weapons. And uh, this uh, one of the students, Francisco Fernandez, unfortunately walked into the bathroom where Atchison was gearing up and he was immediately shot by the man who then walked out in the hallway, encountered uh, the young woman, Casey Marquez, immediately shot her dead. And then at one point he went into one of the uh, classrooms and started firing into the wall. Fortunately, the students had been uh, brought into another room once they had heard the fire, and uh, it was a substitute teacher that day, so she didn't have a, a key to lock the door. But she got them into a back room. They put a sofa in front of it. Um. But, you know, just another day in the U.S., barely covered at all. Three people dead. It could have been a, an absolute massacre, uh, but it was stopped after he um, wasn't able to get in there. He had he uh, had a, a note on him, apparently, said that if things go according to plan, today would be when I die. It said, I waited till the school buses are detected, then head out on foot disguised as a student. I go somewhere and gear up and then hold a class hostage, then go ape blank then blow my brains out. Senator uh, Martin Heinrich, a uh, Democrat, uh, said that he was distraught to learn of the shooting. Of course, he called for action to address the epidemic of gun violence in America. Every child deserves to be safe at school, he said, but Republicans, as usual, offered thoughts and prayers or just ignored the shooting entirely. And then the U.S. House went on to pass a bill, mostly along party lines, to make it easier to carry concealed weapons anywhere in the U.S. That was the response, apparently, to our U.S. gun epidemic, to assure that we have more of them. The good news here, if it can be considered that... Uh, is that uh, the measure that the Republican House passed last week will will still have to be passed in the U.S. Senate. And as uh, Ernie Canning writes today at Bradblog.com, that measure will, well, would probably be found unconstitutional for reasons that he spells out there, uh, though that does not necessarily take into account the fact that Republicans... Uh, have all who are all now sponsored by the terrorist enabling National Rifle Association or NRA uh, that Republicans have stolen a five to four majority on the U.S. Supreme Court that could frankly do anything they want, no matter the years long precedent that should result in this Republican law to uh, open to concealed carry anywhere in the U.S. pretty much. Um, that would normally find that law to be unconstitutional if we go based on previous court rulings. An unconstitutional violation of states' rights, by the way, which Republicans also pretend to care about. Uh, anyway, uh, see Ernie, Canning, Ernie Canning's piece at bradblog.com today for more about that. And let's take a uh, quick break here. We'll come back uh, with the uh, last-minute news now on the eve of the U.S. Senate special election in Alabama on Tuesday. And uh, some of it, yes, is actually good news, some good news from the courts, at least for those of us who believe in election integrity and oversight of our public elections. Yes, a positive court ruling in Alabama and on Monday morning and much more straight ahead. I'm Brad Friedman.
Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the Bradcast. But we need your help to do it. If you enjoy the show and or get something from it, please give back a bit, if you can, by visiting us at bradblog.com donate. Your support helps Desi and me continue to bring you real, independent, progressive news five days a week over your public airwaves. We simply can't do it without your help, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today to make a one-time donation or, even better, automated monthly support. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you can rest easy knowing that we'll be here every day making sense of it all, or at least trying to. That's bradblog.com slash donate, and thanks. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Voters heading to the polls in Alabama for this unbelievably contentious uh, U.S. Senate special election. Understandably so, given the uh, slim margin in the U.S. Senate right now. Republicans' interest in passing their huge tax cut for uh, the wealthy and uh, corporations and their huge tax increase for the uh, poor and middle class. Uh, and, uh, of course, you've got this race between Roy Moore and Doug Jones, where you've got actually one of the candidates, the Republican Roy Moore, accused by nine women of various forms of sexual assault, I should say, the uh, accused of sexual assault when they were teenagers, one as young as 14 years old. Uh, the question uh, remains, will everyone who wants to vote be able to vote and to have their vote counted as cast? The state uses paper ballots uh, across the pretty much the entire state. That's the good news. Uh, the bad news is those paper ballots are counted by computers, either correctly or incorrectly. Who knows? And we've been talking over the past week or so about the effort by election integrity folks in Alabama and elsewhere. We had John Brakey on this show uh, from Arizona. He's now in Alabama, and he told us, last week about the case that he had uh, planned to file in Alabama with um, a, a sort of a multi-partisan lawsuit, a Republican, a Democrat, an independent, I think there's a libertarian and others, trying to force the state of Alabama to retain what are called ballot images that are created on these new fancy digital optical scan systems, digital computer scanners, that actually take a photograph of the ballot and then the computer reads that photograph, essentially, to determine uh, how the voter voted. They're called ballot images. And since Alabama and every state in the union makes it so difficult for voters to be able to actually look at those paper ballots and determine whether the computers tallied them correctly or not, uh, you know, election officials uh, say, oh, no, you can't look at the paper ballots. You can't touch the paper ballots. You can't be anywhere near the paper ballots. As a matter of fact, if there's a recount that is called for by one of the candidates in Alabama, they won't even use the paper. They won't allow humans to examine the paper ballots. They'll just run them through the same computers to tally them either correctly or incorrectly again. 
you can't know unless a human actually counts them. But, but, if those ballot images are made available uh, to the citizen, to anyone, anyone in any state, those photographs that are taken, essentially, of those paper ballots, then, hey, we can all look. It won't mess up the original paper ballots. We can all look at those ballot images and determine if, in fact, whatever the results that are will be reported on Tuesday night, whether they are correct or incorrect, at least it'll give us a fighting chance to try to figure out if there were any problems. So the computers that they use in 85% of the state to scan the ballots create these ballot images. However, the state has set it so that it destroys those ballot images immediately after taking that photograph and determining what the what the ballot said from it. So John Brakey has been uh, trying to force the state of Alabama to retain those ballot images. He was on this show last week arguing that, in fact, federal law requires them to keep those photographs, requires them to keep uh, all election materials for 22 months after a federal election even though the state officials had been telling him, no, we're not we're going to not going to turn that on. We're going to only retain ballots, ballot images from write in ballots where somebody has written in some candidate or another. Brakey told us he was planning to go to court. Brakey told us he was going to win in court. And the good news is he went in Monday morning uh, with this uh, for a hearing on this case and Shortly thereafter, we received the news that, yes, Brakey did win. Awesome. And uh, the court ordered after, this is from this uh, preliminary injunction, after hearing arguments and reviewing the filings, it appears that plaintiffs and similarly situated voters would suffer irreparable and immediate harm if digital ballot images are not preserved. Said the judge, some of the important facts relevant to the decision are this highly contested election, the judge said, uh, uh, and uh, there was a little argument. He noted that the law at issue requires digital images to be preserved as a matter of Alabama law and federal law. So this could have far-reaching consequences. This is the second case, I believe, where Brakey has been able to get this sort of, uh, of a get, decision from a judge. To get a judge to say, yeah, you know, those ballot images, you're using those for counting, therefore they are Actual ballots that you need to keep as public records. Under federal law, Under not just state law, right. but federal law. So this could uh, work everywhere. Uh, importantly, uh, all parties agreed that the relief that was requested would only require nominal resources and costs on the part of the defendants because it's just a matter of flipping a switch on those voting systems in the software. Uh, judge said it is therefore ordered that a preliminary injunction be issued. Uh, it further ordered that the defendants communicate and send to all probate judges and election officials in the state of Alabama the following order. Here's the order. All counties employing digital ballot scanners in the t December 12, 2017 election are hereby ordered to set their voting machines to save all processed images in order to preserve all digital ballot images. This order applies to those machines that have such a setting and does not apply to any machine that does not allow for processed images to be saved. There is some good news 
Um, you know, I prefer, as uh, I know Breaky does as well, actual paper ballots. But in lieu of that, these ballot images in the event of a very close election could be very important. And frankly, in the event of uh, a not close election, because if you examine the ballots, you know, if I was trying to steal an election, I wouldn't make it close. I would make it not close at all so that people are less inclined to challenge the results, to ask for a a recount, a hand count, whatever. So, um, you know, even if it's a blowout one way or another, citizens ought to be able to get at these ballot images and see for themselves who won or lost, at least as these images, if the images are, are accurate, by the way, uh, but presuming they are, uh, find out who won or lost. So this is very important, and this can be done, as Brakey has pointed out, pretty much in any state that uses the type of scanners that retain ballot images. Um, so there's some good news. We'll take it. We'll take what we can get. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, one of the candidates here, Roy Moore, uh, thinks we ought to pretty much do away with all of the amendments in the Constitution uh, following the uh, after the Tenth Amendment, after the Bill of Rights, essentially, according to the uh, audio of a uh, radio show uh, that was obtained by CNN's K file back in 2011. Roy Moore appeared on this show. They describe it as a conspiracy theorist radio show and said that if the U.S. got rid of all of the amendments after the Bill of Rights, that would eliminate many problems. Uh, he said, you know, people don't understand how some of these amendments in the U.S. Constitution have completely tried to wreck the form of government that our forefathers intended. Now, never mind that our forefathers intended for amendments to be added to the Constitution. Uh, Moore thinks that it just ruins everything. All of these extra amendments during the interview, Moore specifically cited the 17th Amendment, which allows voters to directly elect senators instead of the state legislatures uh, determining the, each senator in the states. And also the 14th Amendment, which granted citizenship to former slaves. Well, the danger in the 14th Amendment, which was re to restrict, uh, it has been a restriction on the states uh, using the first 10 amendments, buying through the 14th Amendment, to restrict the states from doing something that the federal government was restricted from doing and allowing the federal government to do something which the first ten amendments prevented them from doing. Now, what he's saying that Roy Moore is saying to restrict, and he didn't want to use the word, the danger in the 14th Amendment, which was to restrict, then he stopped for a second, uh, <laughs> it has been a restriction on the states to use the, so what he's talking about is restricting uh, slavery. The state's rights to have slavery. Exactly. Uh, that It's not up to the federal government. If the states want to have slavery, they should have slavery. He was also quoted uh, recently saying that uh, he was asked when America was ever great, since Roy Moore and Donald Trump have been talking about making America great again. And he uh, suggested, well, it was great back when there was slavery even though there was slavery, uh, families were were more united back then. <laughs> oh God! Even though, there, yeah, I know. <laughs> he means white families. Yep. With property. Yep. Uh, properties, in, property including slaves. Other amendments, by the way, uh, after the Bill of Rights, after the Tenth Amendment, include the Thirteenth Amendment, which abolished slavery. 
The 15th Amendment, which prohibited the government from blocking people's rights to vote based on race. The 19th Amendment, which gives uh, women the right to vote. He'd like to do away with that, too, I suppose. And the uh, 22nd Amendment, which limits the number of times a person can be elected to the presidency uh, to, uh, to two terms. Moore's campaign told CNN that he does not actually believe in eliminating uh, amendments 11 through 27 but was rather speaking about the overall framework for the separation of powers in the U.S. government. If only we let the states decide, states' rights, let them decide if there should be slavery or not. Let them decide if women should have the right to vote or not. Or if not. anybody should have the anybody, right to vote. Anybody, yeah. In that same interview, uh, Moore apparently uh, questioned the validity of Barack Obama's birth certificate. And uh, as uh, TPM notes in their coverage, both comments fall in line with uh, remarks Moore has made uh, in the early days of his career uh, and uh, claiming that homosexuality should be illegal to saying uh, in September, just in September, that America was great back when families were united, even though we had slavery. Uh, so uh, this is it's, it's it remains amazing. You've got uh, a, a Republican uh, official who has quit being a Republican National Committee official because the RNC after having originally pulled out from their uh, from their support of Moore after the allegations about his uh, sexual misconduct, I don't even know what to call it, sexual misconduct, sexual assault with teenagers, they had pulled out, but Donald Trump said, no, no, we have to endorse him, so the RNC is back in. Uh, this official, this RNC official, Joyce Simmons, said that the uh, she can't be a part of this anymore. She writes uh, in, in her uh, letter, I strongly disagree with the recent RNC financial support directed to the Alabama Republican Party for use in the Roy Moore race. She added that she wishes she could have continued her service with the RNC to the National Republican Party that I used to know well. Well, good for she, her. Yeah, good for her. She doesn't know them well. Uh, here is, or at least they no longer are what she signed up for. But maybe, I don't even know, I don't want to even call this uh, good news. I'll just call this interesting. Fox News. Fox News, yes. They have a poll out uh, today finding that uh, the Democrat in the race, Doug Jones, holds a 10-point lead over the Republican Roy Moore in deep red Alabama. Seems hard to believe, but a 10-point lead Jones receives 50 percent to Moore's 40 percent, uh, with one in 10 still undecided uh, just before going to the polls. They say it's impossible to know who will show up to vote in a special in the special election to fill a seat in this midterm off year election with all of these other things going on all around it. Well, obviously not just who shows up, because obviously turnout is key. Yeah. But as you've mentioned so many times, who who is allowed to vote? Who is allowed to vote? And uh, I got, I'm getting to some of that here in a moment as well. Fox News notes that this poll was uh, a traditional poll. It was done uh, using at least traditional polling techniques, uh, including both landlines and cell phones. So this was not just an online poll that found the Democrat with a 10-point lead over Roy Moore. 
but nonetheless, big support among those who say they are Republicans still surprisingly, at least to me, surprisingly uh, big support for Roy Moore, even among Republicans still at this point, at this late date, as people are voting on Tuesday. Uh, and it seems to be this Fox News poll seems to be an outlier. It is the only one that has these kind of numbers for Doug Jones. So make of it what you will. On the same day, Emerson came out with a poll showing Roy Moore ahead by nine. The Republican ahead by nine in Alabama and Monmouth came out with a poll saying it's a tie. So uh, take your pick. Believe nothing you hear. Count ballots instead of uh, counting on uh, on polling. But that's why that's why these ballot images is so important here, because if it's close, this a so-called recount in Alabama will be a matter of running that paper, those paper ballots through the same computers again. But I don't want to hear, uh, you know, if Roy Moore ends up winning, according to the announced results. Oh, well, it's Alabama. Of course, uh, Republican is going to win. No problem. We don't need oversight. We don't need to check those ballots. We don't need to make sure that the computers tallied them correctly. I want to actually know how voters voted. I know that's a crazy idea in 2017. I know we weren't allowed to know how voters actually voted in the presidential election in 2016 for Donald Trump. But I, yeah, I'm old fat. Color me old fashioned that way. <laughs> I still want to know how voters actually voted. But that is, as you note, Des, um, presuming they're allowed to vote in the first place, of course. But this is not a this is not a normal old Alabama election. So I don't want to hear, oh, of course, Republicans voted for Roy Moore. I want to know if they did or if they did not. I mean, this is a moment when Donald Trump is immensely unpopular all over the country, even in Alabama. Yes, he won something by something like 28 points last November, but he is nowhere near as popular in Alabama as your normal Republican president would normally be at this time uh, in an election. And at a moment where you have uh, the other U.S. senator from Alabama, also a Republican, Going on national television over the weekend, just before this election in Alabama to elect who would be his uh, his junior senator from Alabama. Going on to CNN and elsewhere to say he could not vote for Roy Moore, a fellow Republican, to be his junior senator from the same state. Senator Richard Shelby. Um, went on a bunch of shows over the weekend. Uh, he had previously said he was not supporting more, but his words on CNN's State of the Union on Sunday offered a fresh denunciation of his own party's nominee just days before Alabamians go to the polls in the election to replace former Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions. I'm not going to vote for the Democrat. I didn't vote for the Democrat or advocate for the Democrat, but I couldn't vote for Roy Moore. The state of Alabama deserves better. Roy Moore's accusers include Lee Korfman, who alleges that he sexually molested her when she was 14, and Beverly Nelson, who alleges he sexually assaulted her when she was 16. Do you believe these two Alabama women? I think the women are believable. I have no reason not to believe them, just like uh, the Attorney General Sessions said he had no reason or something not to believe the women. They were credible. But I tell you what, I, there, there's a time, there's, we call it a tipping point. Uh, 
And I think so many accusations, so many cuts, so many drip, drip, drip. Uh, when it got to the 14-year-old story, uh, story uh, that was enough for me. I said, I can't vote for Roy Moore. That's just incredible, actually. To underscore that, that is the other U.S. senator, a Republican from Alabama, saying, I could not vote for the Republican nominee, Roy Moore. Whether that has an effect on uh, voters in Alabama, I, I don't know. Whether they hear about it. I think would make a difference. Well, I can't imagine, yeah, based on who knows what media they're getting there, but I, I just can't imagine. To me, it's it's almost impossible to believe, at least to my mind, uh, that an, an Alabama allowed to vote and to have their votes counted accurately would still vote to put Roy Moore in the U.S. Senate. Maybe I'm naive. Wouldn't be the first time. Don't look at me that way, Des. <laughs> well. I just, uh, you know, uh, anyway, if voters show up, that's why I want to make sure that vote counting can actually be overseen, no matter the outcome. Uh, Obama, President, former President Obama, was out making uh, robocalls in favor of Doug Jones. Donald Trump was out making robocalls in favor of Roy Moore, the accused uh, child molester. But um, as uh, one of the papers, uh, who is this? I think this also is CNN, yeah, um, said that uh, it's an open question whether Obama or Trump can wield much influence on the race, uh, but the dueling presidential messages underscore the fiercely competitive nature of the Senate contest that has taken on outsized proportions. Well, it's only outsized if you don't consider what is actually at stake here. From a uh, planned huge shift, a redistribution of wealth from the poor and the middle class to the rich in the GOP's tax bill to health care for tens of millions of Americans to the uh, Republicans planned cuts to Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security. I don't think it's outsized at all. I think it's perfectly sized. I think it's the right size. Actually, I think it should be. More outsized. I think it should be even larger. I think more Americans, more uh, folks in Alabama should give a damn about these facts, should understand what is at stake uh, in this race and understand the facts of the allegations, which they don't seem to. We're going to uh, we'll play, take a break here in a moment and, and come back with some audio that is just kind of mind blowing to me from Alabama, from voters in Alabama, explaining why they still plan to vote for Roy Moore. But uh, no, this is not outsized. When you have a Republican Senate with uh, such a slim majority, which has decided to not deal with Democrats in any way, shape or form, the stakes here could not be larger. Um, and uh, the, uh, to the point you mentioned, Des, uh, yeah. Alabama has a photo ID law that they voted into place in 2011. They didn't actually enact it until after the Supreme Court gutted the Voting Rights Act because they knew that if it was challenged at the federal level under the Voting Rights Act, this law would be cut down. As a matter of fact, they admitted as Scott Douglas, the executive director of the Greater Birmingham Ministries, explained in a New York Times op-ed over, uh, over the weekend, Alabama lawmakers passed this law uh, claiming to need it to combat voter fraud, but because voter impersonation at the polling place is so rare, virtually never happens, the truth about their intentions 
came quickly out. It was meant to keep black and Latino voters from from the ballot box at all. And uh, they sued the uh, Scott Douglas and the Greater Birmingham Ministries sued on the state level. And they had a state senator who tried uh, for over a decade to get this bill into law. He told the Huntsville Times that a photo ID law would undermine blacks, quote, black power structure. In another newspaper, he said that the absence of an ID law, quote, benefits black elected leaders. The bill's sponsors were even caught on tape devising a plan to depress the turnout of black voters for a 2010 midterm election uh, where Republicans were trying to keep a gambling referendum off the ballot. They were caught uh, describing black people as aborigines and illiterates who would ride HUD quote, HUD-financed buses to the polls because apparently gambling is popular among black voters in Alabama, so they thought that if it were, if that measure had remained on the ballot, that black voters would show up to vote in droves. So um, they passed this photo ID. And this photo ID is now in place. 118,000 registered voters do not have a, f- a photo ID that they can use to vote. Remember, these are narrowly targeted rules for IDs. Not just any ID can be brought in, even if it's got your photo on it. And these are registered voters who are actually already registered to vote. But they just simply don't have that narrowly targeted type of photo ID needed to vote. And uh, black and Latino voters are nearly twice as likely as white voters to lack uh, such documentation. And, of course, the Republicans who passed this in Alabama knew it when they passed it. And that's why we've been covering it for so many years. Because you know what? If Roy Moore wins by less than 118,000 votes, you could probably blame it on uh, or at least point to this uh, attempt to uh, keep black and Latino voters from being able to vote at all. They also have restrictions on former felons that have been somewhat lifted this year. That's the good news. But the governor refuses uh to, to, to let anybody know about it. So um, there are some 250,000 uh, former state felons. That's 15 percent of Alabama's block black voting uh, age population. But fewer than 5 percent of whites who are affected by this uh, felon disenfranchisement law. So um, this is why all of this stuff matters. We'll see what happens We'll see if Republicans can actually vote for this guy. A lot of them say they will. Uh, Kind of incredibly, we'll have that story next on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. I don't like it at all. I know, it's pretty gross. I don't. Uh, Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Frank Luntz. 
I hope listeners know who he is by now. Uh, this uh, right-wing guy, he runs these focus groups, uh, used to run them a lot on Fox News, on CBS News. He tweeted a few days ago as these fires, apparently he lives out here in Southern California, he tweeted, I need advice. I took this photo earlier this morning from my bedroom window. What can I do to save my house from the Los Angeles fires? And it's a photo of uh, of the fires across uh, near the Getty Center, I think. So he must live out there near Bel Air. Um, and uh, looks like his house was potentially being threatened. And I don't have my actual response here at hand, but I think I, I replied to him uh, something like, uh, well, maybe you can and, and don't view them as uh, as Los Angeles fires. View them as Republican a Republican education program because he's the guy who has been out uh, helping Republicans for years by explaining the type of words they should use to explain the, uh, ex- explain things. Don't call it an estate tax. Call it the death tax, the Don't, death penalty that right. you're, you're for taxes, that you're punishing people for dying. Yes, he was the one that issued the memo, the memo that said, Don't call it global warming. That sounds scary. Call it climate change. Yeah. And so now um, let's let's not call it Los Angeles fires. Let's call it the Frank Luntz education program that now he is learning, uh, you know, exactly what the cost is of climate change now that it is threatening his house. In any event, uh, he's the focus group guy and Vice News had him sit down with voters in Alabama so-called conservative voters, to ask them why they were, in fact, uh, planning to vote for Roy Moore, despite knowing all that we now know about Roy Moore, the accusations against him and everything else. The focus group and their response was kind of amazing. So I want to play it in full. Uh, Frank's, Frank Luntz in Alabama, I think it's Birmingham, uh, with a bunch of about uh, 10 or a dozen or so so-called conservative voters before the U.S. Senate special election. Are you all Christians here? Yes. Is Roy Moore a good Christian? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely? Yes. Without any doubt whatsoever. I do not know the man. That's something I can know necessarily. Well, let me ask you this. Nobody's perfect. Please explain nobody's perfect when you look at the things that he has been accused of. Accused is not found guilty. I want to know. Just because I don't go to church every time the doors are open doesn't mean I don't believe. And God doesn't expect us to be perfect, but he does expect us to try and repent of our sins. He's not my choice. I'm not voting for him because I like him. I'm voting for him because I don't want Doug Jones. But Roy Moore is entitled to the presumption of innocence in the law and in the Bible, just like anybody else should be. There are only accusations. There have been no charges filed. All you have is a group of women that have come forward How and many? said... How many? Seven. More. Now there's really three. Higher. How many women only have three. to come forward before you say, wait a minute, where there's smoke, there's fire? It's a matter of legitimacy, not just how many. Exactly. How many are actually not being paid or being coerced to do this? How many of them do you think are being paid? All of them. All of them? All of them. By show of hands, how many of you think all the women are being paid? Seriously. To me, there are only two women that maybe have 
a smoking gun, but you know, the women's, their reputations were questionable at the time. Is this how you want to be treated as a woman if something were to happen to you? Do you want to be dismissed that way? Better have proof. You know, you know it doesn't sound like it went beyond there were still clothes on. It doesn't sound like it went beyond anything and that as soon as the girl said she wasn't comfortable, he took her home. She was 14. Oh, I guess my question is, you blame her. She's 14. I, I'm not blaming her. I'm blaming both of them. That's so I blaming her. I didn't say her. that I thought he was without son. It's possible he did it, but it's possible that he could be forgiven for, I don't think he raped her. I, I, let's I be real. It was a different world. 40 years ago in Alabama, uh, people could get married at 13 and 14 years old. My grandmother no. at 13 was married at 15, had two children and a husband and a job. If Roy Moore was guilty, if, if he was at the mall hitting on this 14 year old, 40 years ago in Alabama, there's a lot of mamas and daddies that'd be thrilled that their 14 year old was getting hit on by a district attorney. Actually, no, when they were 60, it was the law was 16. I dated 16 an older man at, at 16. Yeah. So we don't really. How old was he? 31. I'm not going to say that the 14 year old, uh, that's, I don't believe her, to be honest. The one that said she was 14, I don't believe her. Um, but for all of us, as a woman, I think we've pretty much all been in the situation where there's been a sexual harassment. I mean, think about what you're saying. You're calling all nine of those women liars nine women when it happened to you didn't you want people to trust you i never told anybody and is that I good didn't, either and if i was gonna tell somebody i would not have waited 38 years to tell it i would that's what's mind-boggling why wait till now at an election to come forward and say oh okay frank what you're wanting to know is we got a bunch of conservatives here and you want to know why we're going to vote for roy moore uh, my wife went to high school with Roy. She said in high school, Roy was a hard worker, an American success story, if you will. He always aimed for higher things. However, neither she nor I have ever voted for Roy up until now. And we intend to vote for Roy because of the opponent that's running. Right now, as far as I'm concerned, we've probably got two miserable candidates. In my opinion, we ought to go with a conservative. We ought to go with somebody that we know is going to vote conservative. And that's what I'm looking for. Roy Moore is not a miserable man. This man has more integrity than you can find in the entire Congress right now. Don't fall for the George Soros assassination plan. The truth well, will come out. These women are all going to be proven, just like the 16 that went against President Trump. Just right before the election. What about the, the women who went against Bill Clinton? The accusers of Clinton, everybody knows he's a womanizer. Well, people think the same thing about Roy Moore. With Bill Clinton, they went to the courthouse and they filed papers. They didn't wait 40 years to do it. That's a huge difference than just going to the media only six weeks before an election. So I got a question for you. We recruited, there are about 60 people who wanted to be in this group, and you guys ended up in it. Not a single African-American is in this group. Why? Welcome to Alabama. Democrats. That's the best you can come up with. I was here during the civil rights era. 
we didn't have racial problems after the 80s because we went through it. When Obama was elected and he started his divisional rhetoric, race relations in Alabama went the rest of the way of the country. The race relations in the state of Alabama is really not that bad. But what does it say Why that it not one of them? Why does it always come down to race? Why can't we just be Americans, Alabamians? Because 97% of the African-American community is going to vote for Doug Jones. Does that not concern you? It does. Yes, it does. It, it that, yes, that concerns me greatly. It tells me that Roy Moore didn't do a very good job of getting out and campaigning. So why aren't they voting Republican? Because they listen to people, you know, that are, uh, that have influence over them. If, if they've been so destroyed, why do they keep voting for them? Why won't they vote for your candidates? Well, in my opinion, they'd be stupid. Mm, I don't understand that. If you vote for somebody that's making you worse and worse, do you call that smart or stupid? Yep. Is, isn't yeah. a better question stupid. why African-Americans wouldn't vote for him? I mean, like, why do they want immigrants coming over and, and taking the jobs that they could be having? You know, what do they believe? Do they believe a baby should be aborted at nine months? I mean, I, I don't know. Policy is everything. And if we don't stand for conservative policies, then we've lost anyway. Wow. Yeah, kind of amazing. Uh, Frank Luntz, uh, focus group on Vice News in the uh, hours before the U.S. Senate special election down in Alabama. Denial is a powerful drug. I mean, Frank Luntz seems genuinely shocked. I mean, shocked yeah. that Republicans are denying established facts. Whose denial are you talking about here? Those Republicans or Frank Luntz's after mm. all of these years? After all these years helping Republicans pretend like fake news is real and yep. deny actual facts. And yeah, I know. Alabama's black population, by the way, is 27 percent of the state overall. It's concentrated in cities and uh, in the Black Belt in uh, in central Alabama. That is going to be where this election is won or lost. All about turnout. Uh, and uh, if everyone who wants to vote is allowed to vote, have their votes counted, counted accurately. And particularly if African-Americans turn out for this election, uh, uh, Doug Jones, the Democrats, the Democrat wins. Otherwise, Roy Moore. I think it's all going to come down to that, but we will see. Uh, we will also talk in uh, upcoming shows about the uh, the state of our media that would result in a focus group like that. Frankly, uh, who are so unaware of actual facts, actual issues, actual policies that they claim they are voting in favor of. Well, we're out of time. So future show on that. Uh, for now, we got to get out. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. My thanks to those of you while you were there who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help us uh, continue to stay on your public airwaves as long as we can. We do count on you uh, to be able to do so. So bradblog.com slash donate. You can find me on the Facebooks and the Twitters at the Brad Blog, or drop me email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. 
That's it for now. Going to be another amazing week. Uh, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Good luck, world.